I want to start someplace a little different this morning. I want to know how many of you were afraid or cried this last week? I did. When I watched those tanks rolling into the Ukraine, then I watched 100,000 people trying to get out of their country because they were afraid. Last night, there's this little old lady on TV. And you got to know you're a little old lady if you're older than me, okay? <laughs> Just so you, so you know how I define this stuff up. And she's pulling her suitcase down the road, and she's bleeding. And I thought to myself, man, what if somebody gave you 15 minutes to pack up all your priceless Lutheran junk and then leave your house and you may never see your family or the rest of what you got again? So I want to start, I want to pray this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, the turbulent world we live in. And we hold before you today the people of Ukraine and Russia, their leaders. We pray for a sense of wisdom, a sense of peace, of understanding the well-being of people and their right to be free. We pray that you would send them the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would cease the war, that you would watch over your people, and that you would keep them. Watch over them now in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you know this, and this is just a sidebar, but um, I've been in Latvia twice for the Lutheran Church, and Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania are all 70 to 80 percent Lutheran, okay? And I just wonder how many Lutheran Christians are suffering today in Ukraine. Something to keep in thought about. Now, where's Russ? He's, oh, he left me. Oh, he's back there. Yeah, sure, Russ. So you didn't listen to the sermon three times. <laughs> Russ is the only guy I know who has circled transfiguration on his calendar. Okay. I, I don't think there's anybody else here who even gave it a thought till you came in here. But I'm going to give you a hint as to where to start out. Transfiguration is meant to answer one question. It's as we head into Lent, it answers the question, who is Jesus Christ? And we'll see if we can flush that out this morning just a little bit. My sermon today is titled, Go the Distance. Okay? Where does that come from, that phrase? You should all know this phrase. Thank you. Feel the dreams. Okay, Leslie's heard the sermon too. But, <laughs> no. comes from feel the dreams. There's Ray Consilla and Terrence Mann sitting at Red Sox Park. Minding their own business, and what comes up on the scoreboard? Archibald Moonlight Graham. Notice this guy got one at bat, never had a hit, okay? And the voice from out of nowhere says, go the distance. Go the distance. You know, what's Field of Dreams about? It's a story about broken dreams, shattered dreams, do-overs, reconciliation, healing, wanting another chance at life. Jesus Christ, Transfiguration Day, 
He comes to tell us that he enters into this world to bring us a second chance, an end to broken dreams, healing, reconciliation, and peace for our lives. Go the distance. Got some more words for you. It says, and I won't look back. I can go to the distance and I'll stay on track. It's an uphill slope, but I won't lose hope till I go the distance and my journey is complete. Now, for anyone who hasn't been in other church services today, who knows where this comes from? Yeah, from the theme song Hercules, Disney's 1999 version of Hercules. But you know, when I read that today, that's the whole transfiguration story right there, that Jesus is going to do it. And he's going to do it for you and for me, because he loves us and he cares about us. Now, in order to get ready for this sermon, I actually reread the Gospel of Luke. It's kind of a fun read. And um, Transfiguration's in chapter 9. Back in chapter 8, Jesus says to the boys, he says, Guys, I'm going to go down to Jerusalem, and it's not going to be a pretty picture. They're going to kill me. And what do the disciples say? Lord, it can't be. I mean, it was cool when you threw out the demons out of those people. And the way you healed people was really neat. But die? Come on, there's got to be another way to look at this. I mean, read through the Gospel of Luke sometime. The disciples are really short on camera time. I mean, you can hardly find a disciple named in Luke other than Peter. You know, Peter gets a couple lines, he gets to walk on water, and he gets to deny Jesus three times. You know, now that's not a big part, you know. But the rest of the disciples don't get any face time in there whatsoever. And on top of it, these disciples had another problem. Okay, I don't know if they had sleep apnea or just, you know, needed to go in for a sleep test, but they're always falling asleep at the most inopportune times. I mean, get this. You're up on a mountain with Jesus, and you got Elijah and Moses there, and they're lit up like Christmas trees, and you fall asleep. You can't stay awake. Hey, now, we could be nice about it, and we, I, I guess we could say, well, you know, it just happened once. It didn't just happen. When else did it happen? In the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, it's not like Jesus picks a little inopportune moments. Jesus says, I'm going to die, boys. Won't you come pray with me? <laughs> oh, Lord, I got to have a little nap here. It's been a long day. You know, now, you got to admit, this is my moment. This is my moment to talk about people sleeping in church. <laughs> no. 
Because you know what? Pastor Doug and I will tell you this. I don't know a minister yet who hasn't at times shut his eyes in church, and it's not because we're praying, okay? (laughs) That sometimes you just get tired. But I do know this, too. Peter, James, John, all the disciples. At the end, when Jesus said, I need you to follow me and go preach until the ends of the earth, they all did. They all gave their lives. And so maybe this is where we ask our our first transfiguration question leading into Lent today. And that is, when you get to Lent this year, how are you going to be different? How is God going to be glorified in your life? How is God going to show himself through you? When we get to Easter... And you're going to see Pastor Doug, last thing he does today, he's going to carry a hallelujah out of here. That The banner is gone. When the banner comes back, how is that hallelujah going to be ringing in your heart? What's it going to, what's it going to be for you? Now the disciples. These poor guys, can you imagine? Jesus takes them up this mountain and they're wearing sandals. Okay, so... Climbing up the mountain in sandals probably wasn't too much. What do we know about mountains, okay? They're pretty. God does business on mountains. If you read the Bible, there's 18 mountains in the Bible, okay? I won't even bother asking that. 18 mountains. But Mount Sinai, God gives the Ten Commandments. We know... Mount Zion, that's where God lives with Mrs. God. (laughs) At least you're still listening. (laughs) Golgotha. That's where Jesus on a mount is crucified for this world. Okay, let's take another little sidebar. Suppose Jesus is climbing the mountain with me or you today. Okay, it's Transfiguration Sunday. He says... Guess what? Lent's next week. Fine, Jesus. What's he going to talk to you about in your life? Your relationships, your marriage, your kids, your grandkids, how you spend money, how you look at other people, how you judge people. You know, what's he going to tell you? You know, transfiguration is not just getting lit up like a Christmas tree. It's a change of your mind and your heart and your soul. How are we going to be a changed people when we get through Lent this year? Because God is answering that question for us today. Who is Jesus Christ? He's the one who's come to save you, and he's going to go the distance. So... We've got the disciples, they've climbed up the mountain, they've fallen asleep, they're kind of coming to, and Peter, oh Lord, why don't you let us build a couple booths up here for you? Notice what it says in the Gospel of Luke. Luke says, that's one of the dumbest ideas I ever heard. 
It says that right there in the gospel lesson. But think about this for a minute. Has anybody ever said to you, you look like your father? Or you look like your mother? Jesus, you look like your father. Luke tells us one really important thing. None of the other gospel writers say this. Noah said it in his children's sermon. Jesus' face was changed. That just for that second when the disciples saw him, he looked like the glory of the Father. Can you imagine seeing that? Just for a second. Whoa, it's God. Looking like God. And then the disciples. They just don't get it. But... There's one other important thing Luke tells us. He tells us what Elijah and Moses and Jesus talked about. Jesus' departure. Nobody else in Scripture tells us that. Jesus, they weren't trying to talk Jesus into it. They were there to encourage him. The word departure in Greek means exit. Okay, like the sign right back here. I mean, how many times this last week have you or I walked through an exit sign? What does it mean? It means you can get out this way. In case of danger, go this way. If your life is in trouble, head out this door. That Jesus will exit this world for you and for me. You want to have the question answered, who is this Jesus? He's the one who goes the distance. So we've got uh, Moses and Elijah and Jesus all lit up up there. The disciples, you know, Peter's saying, hey, let's build a holiday in here for you, and we'll even do the one with the pool. All of a sudden, a cloud comes up by. God speaks through the cloud. It says, this is my beloved son. Here's the answer to transfiguration right here in the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now, how many of you can remember when you were a little kid and your parents told you, asked you, are you listening to me? What if God asked us that question today? Are you listening to him? Are you getting ready for Lent? Are you thinking about how your life might be different? Because here's the answer to the question of who is this Jesus who takes us into Lent? He's the one who says, I got your back. I got you. And I love you. And I care about you. And I can't forget you. So let's move into Lent together. Theologian Frederick Beekner says, every so often in this world, you can see just a little piece of transfiguration. And it's just like Jesus in the face of somebody. Maybe you see it in the face of a mother taking care of her child. Or in that grocery store clerk who's been there too long on shift. Or that poor guy 
out in the road with that sign that says stop and go as the guys buy them, fill the chuck holes so we don't get flat tires, that just for that second, you see God. God's glory coming into this world for us. So I'm going to send you home today with a transfiguration prayer. Real simple, it goes like this. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill my heart, my soul, my life, my world with the glory of the Father. Shine, Jesus, shine. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.